Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. Mark, how are you today, sir? I'm fine. I'm looking forward to the final weekend of baseball with our St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, yes. It's going to be fun. Go Cards. Yeah. And then we've got some great concerts coming to St. Louis, too. Yes, we do. I love music. We're going to tease our audience. We have a very famous musician that we're going to be talking to in several minutes here mm-hmm. who has a concert coming up in very St. Famous. Charles at Family Arena. Yeah. I listened to this fella. And his partner when I was a kid. So did I. I know. And I actually, he's not that much older than me. So we'll find out. More. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, our, our, so he got started early. He got started yes, early. Yes, he did. Okay, go and ahead. And he got started in high school, too. Did he? Okay, we, I can't wait to hear yeah, who, this, who you have on the line here. Go ahead. I'm just right. teasing people. All right. All right. We did talk about a musician on the line who's going to have a concert at the Family Arena, October 15th. That's in St. Charles. It's a Saturday at 7 p.m. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster. And we are honored to have John Ford Coley on the line. John, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Hey, thanks for taking time to talk with us. We were honored to be able to get the information to that knowing that you're coming to the area and performing and then as I've done some research on you, as Mark said, we grew up listening to you. And you're half the Grammy duo of England, Dan and John Ford Coley. I just have this ton of questions. And if I get two out there, just back me off, okay? Okay. Now, I read that you were a classically trained pianist. I was. I certainly was. As a matter of fact, if I go upstairs and I'm in the kind of music room, Probably 80% of the time I'm going to be playing Bach and Beethoven and Chopin and things like that because I just, I truly enjoy it. So you still play the piano. That's great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when Dan and I were in in school and we were in high school, most people thought that we were just those type of players that were more for show than anything else. But Dan was a very serious saxophone player. I was a beginning classically trained pianist. And at the end of our career with the band in Texas, we ended up playing in a Persian jazz kind of a band. Oh, wow. We definitely knew how to play. It wasn't just something that we were trying to fake. I think that's something that a lot of people don't know about a lot of the quote-unquote rock musicians back in the 60s and 70s, that they were actually very good trained musicians. and. And they think, oh, I just picked up the guitar and I just played. Or they had a, a lot of them had some yeah. serious training. Yeah. Not yeah. Just, not just a way to get chicks. Right. Yeah. That, it's those that you couldn't get chicks in classical music. That's how we all moved to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have played with a lot of people before you guys became famous and then even after you became famous, and you've done a lot of things, and I never knew you were an actor also. I'm reading this, that you are you have an acting career, you've done several television and film appearances, you did were a co-producer for Eddie Money, you've written an autobiography, and all of this kinds of things. You played with Led Zeppelin, Edgar Winter, wow. Christopher Cross, yep. 
That's crazy. Yeah, we, as a matter of fact, I love my Led Zeppelin story. When I did my first film, Timothy D. Smith was the bass player in the band in the film, and I was the drummer. And we were all talking one day about people we had played with, and I mentioned Led Zeppelin, and everyone laughed. And went, yeah, England, Dan, and John Ford Coley playing for Led Zeppelin. The Waxer was in Texas. And they said, yeah, right, right. So I went, okay. And the next day I came in with the newspaper articles, the reviews that we got the night before, and it had my name listed. And I just looked at them and said, guys, I don't have to lie. I don't have to make this stuff up, okay? And from that point on, everybody left me alone. <laughs> As they should have. <laughs> so what was the break for you guys? I've read it was the song, Would Really Love to See You Tonight, and you played that, and one producer was like, nah, that's, that's not going anywhere. And then another one said, yes, and you recorded it, and the rest well, was history. With that, it was very interesting for me because we had been around the block so many times. We'd been on A&M record. Herb Alford, still one of my heroes, he signed us to A&M. We had a number of things that happened there, number one in Japan and France and, and places like that, Spain. And then when we... Did the I really love the speed night. Now, ironically enough, Dan or I neither one wanted to, to record that song. We thought that it was more of a feminine song, and oh, we just said no, we're not going to do it. But they said no, please, just let's just do a demo on. Okay, we went okay, so we did the demo, and Susan, our manager, took it into Atlantic Records where we had a standing with Bob Greenbook. He said no, just keep bringing things back. We're going to find you guys again, and so. And she played the song for him. Two guys came in, knocked on the door, and he was in. They were introduced to Susan as Dick Vanderbilt and Doug Morris from Big Three Records, a subsidiary of Atlantic. And they bantered for a while. And, and Susan's thinking, come on, guys, leave. I need to find out about this. So finally, Doug said, Bob, what do you think of that record? And Bob looked at Susan, our manager, and he said, Susan, he said, I'm really sorry. He said, yeah, it's a good song, but I don't think it's the one. And he said, she's so dejected. And Morris looked at him and said, Bob, are you going to pass on that? Bob said, look, Susan said, yeah, I'm afraid so, Susan. And uh, Doug Morris looked at Susan and said, we want the song. They actually heard the song through the wall in the next office over. Wow. And, and that's how we ended up getting our Big True Records, and that's how that song ended up being ordered. Was that album that triple platinum? Nobody cared. Sorry? Was that album triple platinum? I don't think so. I think I know it's gold. I've got a gold record on my wall, but if somebody's got, got my platinum records, I'd certainly like to see them. <laughs> yeah, he wants them. <laughs> picture of them, if nothing else, you know? Yeah. Now, there may be some people who... The youngsters listening who don't know that song, we're going to play a little of it here. Great song. Wonderful song. Hello, yeah, it's been a while, not much. How about you? I'm not sure why I called. I guess I really just wanted to talk to you. I was thinking maybe later on We could get together for a while It's been such a long time And I really do miss your smile I'm not 
you tonight. I've got to admit, John, that when I heard that song, there was always one portion of that I was unclear of, and I saw you do this in a video on YouTube, and it's called Mondegreens. Oh, no. And it's the original lyrics versus what people hear. And you know what I'm talking about, the misheard lyrics. Right. And so there's a warm wind blowing the stars out. And some people said, but there's a whirlwind blowing the stars around. Or some other people said, there's a warm wind blowing, let's see, the stars around. Some people hear... The other one was, I'm not talking about moving in. That's the portion that I, for some reason, on my AM radio back in the day, I always had tr- getting in my ears. Some people said, I'm not talking about the linen, or I, let's see, let's see, what else do we have here that people have said? You probably know all these. Mm-hmm. What Monda Greens have you heard from the song? Well, my favorite one is, I'm not talking about Eminem. That was a good one. Lennon, Bolivia, Millennium, all of those kinds of things. I've got a couple that I've heard that I probably shouldn't repeat on the radio. That would probably get me in trouble. <laughs> It'd get us in trouble, um, too. <laughs> but it's very ironic because that second line, the warm wind line, uh, I didn't get that a whole lot. But when I was doing a remake of the song in the Philippines, just an acoustic version of it, and when I came out, the guy that I was working with said, you got that lyric wrong. And I said, oh, I'm really? Don't tell me, which one? Yeah, you said there's a warm wind blowing the stars around. It's a warm wind blowing the stars are out. And I just looked at him and I said, son, after 40 years of playing this song, trust me, it's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand. I when I used to hear lyrics that were mistakes, it was great for me because I would catalog them. And then when I discovered that was not the lyric that they were singing, then I had a new lyric. It, it was great. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. that. But I still listen to people all the time and I go, seriously? Really? God, okay. You guys articulate it and you continue to articulate very well. Sometimes it's how the words are written. And whoever's uh-huh. singing them, sometimes they just, it's like they m- melt together and it's hmm, not quite sure. And the brain goes, I think he said this. I think he was singing this. Fill in the blank. Right? Yeah, fill in the blank. Yeah. All right. I've got to the point to where when I play, because I play by myself probably 90% of the time, just as this whole little acoustic thing, piano and talk. And I will stop in the middle of that line and go, Moving in, in moving in. Any questions? Raise your hand right now. Because, you know, it's so funny the number of people that actually get the line and then those that still to this day don't. And I go, gosh, man, that's funny. Oh, that's, you know, it's like look it up online. But I joke with them at the beginning of the song. I said, I'm going to tell you what the lyric is. The lyric is, I'm not talking about. Uh. And they go, what do you say? Love it. How did you decide what songs you wanted to sing, or was that decided for you? There were some times that we had the opportunities to have the songs we wanted to sing, and then there were times that people brought songs in that they thought would be a good radio potential. So, you know, it's kind of, well, I'll tell you a funny story. Dan and I really didn't want to do I'd Really Love to See Tonight again on the second cause because we were both songwriters. Everything that we had done previous to that point, we had written 
And I think I'd made like a dollar ninety eight in sales, you know, that that kind of a deal. So for Parker's song, it was Parker McGee. And he's the guy that wrote it. I really love to see it tonight. I saw the first royalty check. And I found myself calling Parker up and going, Hey, Parker, buddy, hey, how's she not? You know? And I became quite mercenary over this process. Mm-hmm. But there were songs that they would bring us. And there was one song, I won't tell you the name, but I hated that song to such a degree that I, snuck out of Nashville and flew to Toronto, Canada for three days just to get out of having to sing that song. Wow. And I, Dan was trying to put a harmony on it. And Dan's not a harmony singer. And, and so I just went, okay, I'm not going to get out of this, am I? They said, no, we think this song is a hit. I went, okay, fine, what the hell? And I just did it. Wow. And it was, it never did anything. They tried to put it out as a thing going, I went, I'm telling you, it's a garbage, man. You know? So, wow. <laughs> it goes. And the songs that you've written, how do you find your inspiration for them? It's really intriguing the way that inspiration comes because sometimes you just sit down and I'm quite known for not knowing where the heck the songs come from. <laughs> I just recently in the last couple of years I've done a song I've done a an album called Eclectic. And the last song on that record that I wrote was one called Wild Horses. So I went into Philip Tom Ward, the producer with me, and I said, Tell me what you think of this. This song came to me last night. And he listened to it and he said, well, I've got one thing to say. Why didn't people wait for me to write that song? Oh and I said, Tom, I didn't write it. And he said, No, you just told me you wrote this song last night. And I said, no, I said, this song came to me last night. And he went, okay, I've heard you say that before. I said, I have no idea who wrote it. It's got my name on it, but I have no idea. Oh, wow. So it's like you take something like, I don't know if you're familiar with the song Soldier in the Rain. No. Dan and I did that. I did very wrote out. And again, it's just in the middle section that thing just rips into a classical movement. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out where that thing came from because I played it one time and remembered it. And the funny thing about it was that, well, we played with some great players. Well, when we did that song, we wanted to have some extra parts added to it. Steve Lukather from Toto, came in to play guitar on the song. Now, Steve's nap was monster on that guitar. I don't think there's anybody better. Hmm. And so I said, well, you want me to write your chords down? And he said, no, I said, just play it. And I'll get it. Wow. So we played it down. And Steve looked at me and he said, the second thought, you might want to write those chords down. <laughs> I went, all right, man. I just stumped look at that. That's great. Wow. But inspiration comes from so many different places. You're like gone too far for sake of illustration. I was in a record store. Dan and I were on tour. I'm in a record store. I'm just kind of looking through various things. And I ran across a title called Too Far Gone. And I went, nah, gone too far. And I went, hey, that might work. And then the story developed out of it. And again, you just never know where those things are going to come from. 
and you develop your chord progression or your melody, does a melody kind of flow with the, with the words, or is it a chord progression that the melody comes out of that? The way that I generally write is, like, I'm no good if somebody gives me lyrics and says, can you put a melody to this? I'm just no good at that. Mm-hmm. I sit down because I'm very musical. As a matter of fact, I never considered myself a singer. I considered myself a musician, and an instrumentalist. So 90, 99% of the time, it's going to be a melody that comes to me first, or it's going to be chords, and then the melody develops out of the chords. Mm-hmm. Then the lyrics come after that. And I, and I just make them fit. We're visiting with uh, John Ford Coley. He's going to be at the Family Arena October the 15th. It's a Saturday night at 7 p.m. Tickets available at Ticketmaster. And the Family Arena, what a great place to, to see a show. Good venue. It is. It's a intimate, but it's big. I don't know how to I, say it. I, I, it's poor. It is a beautiful setting. I know on this particular show, we're going to have Orleans. We did still oh. one. Oh, yeah. Also, we've got Firefall, Alder Hit. Walter Egan, Peter Beckett, a player. That's great. Come back. So we've got the number of people that are going to be on this show. Are you all touring like that group? Is that whole group touring or you just all came together? We just all came together for this show. A couple of years ago, we did tour in that format, but we also had Chris Cross with us Mm -hmm. and Gary Wright. And unfortunately, Gary's not playing any longer. But again, I play with Peter and these guys, Peter Beckett and these guys all the time. So I do a lot of things with Ambrosia or Stephen Bishop, Maxine Nightingale, people like that. Wow. Wow. And they're all good musicians. That's what I love about them. Like, all of them. They're all great musicians. And it's They're a real good place. Yeah. I've always liked Vince Gill. Unbelievable on the guitar. You've done work with Vince Gill, right? I have. And it, it, just to sit yeah. and listen to him play. Well, yeah. You've been in Nashville. That's why I bring him up. Yeah. He is one of my top, top people as far as not only is he a terrific musician, he's just a, a very humble guy. And I really enjoy writing with him and working with him on the song that we put on the eclectic album that he and i wrote oh is it it's so well coming in and singing i didn't ask him to sing i asked him to play guitar and he was like yeah yeah no problem because everybody wants him to sing right right it's like no i mean you're such a phenomenal guitar player when i came to nashville i literally got my lunch handed me to me as far as being a musician and a player and a writer yeah I came in here and I would hear these guys and I'd think, I don't know, maybe I can get a job with the state of Tennessee or something. <laughs> there you go, public they works. Young people. And then not apologize for funny. We're going to take a quick break, John, and we'll be right back. This is Arnold Strick with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. We're going to go out listening to one of John's songs and we'll come back in listening to one of his songs. Many times I wish you were here Through the velvet shadow of my dreams Many times I wish you were near Through the darkness as it came But it seems that you You never said what I needed to hear Thanks for listening to St. Louis in Tune. 
On each and every show, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories and interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. Hey, we cover a wide range of content in the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, and humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we connect to what is going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine and look for a show that might interest you And if you have an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, let us know. Just drop us a line at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website again is stlintune.com. stlintune.com. Lying in bed with the radio on. Moonlight falls like rain. Soft summer nights spent thinking of you. Will I see you again? Soft and low, the music moans. I can't stop thinking about you. Thinking about you. having a conversation with John Ford Coley of England, Dan, and John Ford Coley fame, and he's on his own doing some acoustic shows. Matter of fact, he's going to be doing a show out at the Family Arena on Saturday, October 15th at 7 p.m. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster. And John, is that going to be an acoustic, or will you have a, a backup group with you? I think Orange is going to be backing everyone up. Super. They're a great band. They, they, and one gone up before, they would have one person come up, and the next person would come up and do three or four songs. That's going to be the format that we have. Sounds great. And what goes through your head when you hear your songs being played on the radio? I didn't make you enough know, money. <laughs> I didn't make enough no, money off it. No, the thing that I think about is the various places that I've been and the stories that are associated with it. Like before you started play, to play a song called Just Tell Me You Love Me. That song, actually, Dan and I recorded it for a film called Just Tell Me You Love Me in about 1979. Well, when I went to the Philippines the first time in 2000, they asked me to play certain songs. And I said, okay, sure, no problem. I said, I haven't played these songs. They said they were big hits here. And I'm like, oh, come on. So they, I started playing that song, Just Tell Me You Love Me. Now, nobody, as far as I was aware, had ever even heard the song. And before I knew it, everyone is singing 
in the audience louder than I'm singing with the microphone. And I stepped back and I just said, how in the world do you know this song? And we found out every school kid in Asia knows that song. It was absolutely huge. The Philippines is a very romantic place. And so therefore that song or Sad to Belong would really fit in with them. And any place that I would go in Asia, I would play that song and the response is overwhelming because again, they're singing it so loud. Wow, wow. And it's like, I never had any idea the song was released, much less had the popularity it did. That's wild. You think about a lot of different things. A lot of times people think, oh man, he's so into that song, but you're actually thinking about, you hope the roadies didn't take all the food from the dressing room <laughs> before you get back there or the hole in your stock or something like that. And you think about a, a lot of different things. I, th- I think I wore that eight track out. Yeah. Of, of that particular. Yeah, you had an eight track? Really? Oh, yeah. You still got it? Yeah. I'll take it, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's long gone. Oh, it's too bad. It's probably worth, worth money now. You were born in Dallas, Texas, and the Grand Old Opry was an influence with you and early rock and roll and church. And ironically enough, I'm playing the Grand Old Opry for the first time on the 12th of November. Isn't that fun? Good. Congratulations. Now, the other funny thing about it is that I had a distant relative that was one of the original members on the opera, um, Minnie Pearl. And Minnie Pearl was inducted, because I was just into the country, I was in the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame last night doing a thing with Richie Cure from Buffalo Springs, Poco, and Chris Gilman, those guys. Anyway, Minnie Pearl, they wanted to induct her into the Country Music Hall of Fame, and she said, okay. I will go under the condition that you do not put a death date on Minnie Pearl because Sarah Ophelia Colley Buchanan will die, but Minnie Pearl will never die. And they honored that. So she's the only person in the Hall of Fame that doesn't have a death date on her exhibit. What a a great story. Next time I'm there, I'm going to look to see. Yeah. That I can't, that's fantastic. I actually played on the Grand Old Opry stage. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding? No, really? lost, lost a bet many years ago when I was at WIL radio and, and we got to play on that stage and it was amazing. And there's a little spot in the middle of the stage that is the old floor of the old stage. So when you go on the stage, look for that little spot. There's a spot on there and it's the old, the old stage. They preserved a yeah, spot. What's that? Is that at the Ryman or is that the... Oh, I beg your pardon. It's, it's the Ryman. You're absolutely right. I beg your pardon. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the drugs from I the think it's that, well, I think that might be what we're yeah. doing it this time. It is the Ryman. I beg your pardon. Yes. Yes. Grand Old Island. Okay. Yeah. All right. I beg your pardon. Yep. Who else influenced you? Who were your influences growing up listening to music? Who molded you? Uh, among all of the, the classical people... There, I always gravitated more towards the folk singers, people like Joni Mitchell and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, just a quick story. When Dan and I were doing the first record on A&M, we had an engineer by the name of Henry Lou. Henry was German and he was very much into meditation. So they would give him breaks and he would do his meditation. One day, it's just he and I in the studio and he just all of a sudden turns to him and he goes, John, who do you like now? 
And I said, unusual people. I, I don't really follow the mainstream that much. And I said, have you ever heard of a girl by the name of Joni Mitchell? And he looked at me like the cow at a new gate. And he said, you're serious? And I said, yeah, this girl is phenomenal. And he said, yeah, I know. I'm the producer. Oh, no. And I said, what? And he said, you really like her? And I said, I love that girl. And he said, she's recording over in Studio C on Saturday. Come over. (laughs) Well, I went over. Just met James Taylor by about 10 minutes. He had just played her in a song called The Case of You for the Blue Album, and it left. I sat there and watched her record live two of the songs on that Blue Album. Oh, wow. And it was just such a thrill. So you have those people. I was a big Dan Fogelberg fan. I love Buffalo Springfield. Now, I love, believe it or not, I, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Bruce Hornsby stand and also ACD state and Death Leopard. You know, so it's just like I'm very eclectic in the styles of music. I love flamenco. It's just, it just depends on, on what happens because again, they all bring up a different emotion. Yeah, you did a so, cover of Fogelberg. Yeah, I did. I did two of them, uh, leader of the band. And I was in the Philippines and they said, Do you know that song? I said, Yeah, but I don't play it out. I just play it at home. And they said, would you play it? And I went, yeah, sure, why not? And I've been playing it ever since because it's such a phenomenal song. It's a great song. Wow. <laughs> you, you've even written, and I couldn't believe this. I had to do a double take when I read this. You, you've done commercials. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I want to play this for you here. All right, so we do it. For Dr. Pepper, here's England Dan and John Ford Coley. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd but now you look around these days There seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze Everywhere you go her peppers Lots of folks you know her peppers Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Cause peppers are an interesting breed And original taste is what we need Ask any pepper Shameless plug for Dr. Pepper yeah. there, but I love I, love the harmonizing. That's great. I only thought Barry Manilow did stuff like that. Right. You know, the the great thing about that was that they came to us with that commercial. And I was, a, was not only a huge Dr. Pepper drinker, I was an addict. Really? When I was a kid, I threw papers. Uh, and so we would go out and we'd get new subscriptions. And one of the things that they would give us would be cases of Dr. Pepper. Oh, we had them stacked. <laughs> I was good at selling stuff. And so when they said, yeah, that's a no brainer for me, I'll do that. But yeah. so, we did it. so in lieu of pay, you took a case of the Dr. Pepper. It was a six month supply. <laughs> I love it. Now the harmonies though, what, it's like a big production you guys did with the, for that commercial. Oh, it yeah. It was a big deal back then because again, they were doing a lot of commercials. I remember one time we did a bunch of commercials for the Navy. And we had all kinds of people just climbing down our throat, especially during the Vietnam era as we're doing a uh, commercial for the military. And my attitude was, man, 
sorry, I'm a big military supporter. And do you realize how many kids from the South go into the military and get an education and learn skills and jobs and things? No, don't even start with me on that kind of thing. Yeah. England, Dan and John, we got John Ford Coley on the phone with us, right? A musician. If you didn't know, going to be at the family arena, October 15th, Saturday at 7 PM tickets available at Ticketmaster, John Ford Coley. We're so glad you're with us. I just want to remind folks who we're listening to, because it's been a fun conversation. And so I far. appreciate that, Mark. And John, I, whenever we have a musician or an artist or someone who does dramatic arts on the line or in studio, I ask them the question for those individuals who are wanting to break into the industry, what advice do you give them? <laughs> Don't. Oh, I know. I, really? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. Right. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. If you come to Nashville, just for sake of illustration, yeah. there's two rules in Nashville. Remember these rules. Write them down. Never, under any circumstances, say anything negative, nasty, or mean-spirited about anyone else in town. They will know about it within 20 minutes. Rule number two, never, never, never say anything negative, nasty, or mean-spirited about anyone in town. They will know about it within 20 minutes. Just keep your mouth shut. It's so funny because people come back here, and, and in certain areas, that was how you behave. You know, you just bash everybody, but not Nashville. If someone gets a song, you call them up and you go, hey, good for you, man. I'm really happy for you. And you support one another. Network, network yourself crazy. That's the best thing that you can do because you never know what door is going to open, what party you're going to go to. You're going to meet someone and just don't hang around negative people. Because they're not going anywhere. Just network and hang around positive people. Nashville's and a, oh. if, somebody, if somebody says they don't like it, that's okay. Because the one thing that I've held on to my entire life is that music, film, and art in any of these so-called sciences, it's all a value judgment. If you like it, you're right. If you don't like it, you're right. It's a value judgment. That's right. So if somebody doesn't like it, you can go find 10 people that love it. Are you living in Nashville now? Is that it? Yeah, I've been here for about 25 years. Wow. I, I did a short four-year stint in Charleston. Mm -hmm. but It's a remarkable town. Everybody's coming in now. Yeah, it's a remarkable yeah, town. My experience has been the musicians there are like none other that you'd find anywhere else in the United States. It's just what a great place to be. Yeah, well, I tell you, the wonderful thing about it is that if you've got the presence of mind to stop people, when someone plays something on a, a guitar chord or something like that, stop them. Mm. If what you just do, show me what you just did. Mm. And then that would, because they'll gladly show you, this is not a town to where they, they hoard things and hide things. They'll openly show you, I just did this. You take this and you do that. And I mean, it's terrific. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. A very supportive. It is. It's a very kind, loving, caring town. I found, uh, down yeah. there just, and I think it's the music industry that, that made it that way. So quite a wonderful place. If you've got talent, everybody in this town wants to see talent, mm -hmm. you know, explode. 
and sometimes he doesn't get the recognition. But these guys have been around for years and years and years. And you think, okay, they're an overnight sensation. No, they've been doing demos. They've been working on everybody's stuff, and it finally pops for them. So you just don't quit. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, there was a group that was, everybody was touting them. And it's called Little Big Town. And so I was at a place and we all had lunch together and stuff. Nice people, really nice people. And so we were talking about the industry and trying to get into it. And it was just like, guys, hang in there because you you got a good sound. Well, they finally made it on Boondocks. And that was about 10 years after I met them. And one day I ran into Phil Sweet at the airport and, uh, he went here and I were just talking. I said, man, I can't tell you, you know, how proud I am with you guys. Cause you know, it happened for you. And he says, it would have happened eventually, I think. And I said, no, man, I said, I, I'm proud of you for the fact that you didn't quit. Mm. Everybody quits, but you guys hung in there and it paid off. And he was like, yeah, you just don't quit. You don't listen to people if they tell you bad things. I used to put rejection letters up on the wall at my house. I had an office, put them up there. And every time I would get one of those rejection letters, I would put it up there and say, yeah, watch. <laughs> That's a great perspective. And, and as a matter of fact, if I ever win any kind of significant award, the first people I'm going to thank it's every single person who told me I wasn't good enough, I would never make it, turned down everything that I had. Because if it had not been for those people, I probably would, never would have gotten sufficiently picked off enough to prove them wrong. <laughs> We're glad that you proved them wrong, John. Yeah. We really are. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We've been having a conversation with John Ford Coley. He's going to be appearing at the Family Arena in St. Charles on October the 15th. That's a Saturday evening at 7 p.m. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster. And, John, I, I hope the place is packed. You know, it's been fun talking to you. I've been looking forward to this for several weeks, and I know Mark has too. And I, I really greatly appreciate your time and and honor the uh, music that you have produced along the way that we've enjoyed so much. Oh, yeah. Part of our life. Thank you very much. And everybody, come on now. We're going to get down memory lane. You're going to hear a good number of songs that you, that you probably recognize, and uh, we'll just have a good time. Okay. That sounds great. John Port Coley, thanks for visiting with St. Louis in Tune. We greatly appreciate it. Take care, John. Love is
what a lot of fun listening to that, Mark. Just, you know, some people would call that, you know, easy listening, <laughs> or some people would call that, oh, it's kind of got this folky, mellow. you know, yeah, mellow. It's just, it, it brings me back to the time when I first heard those songs and, wow. you know, what was going on. And just, they, they kind of transcend decades. Mm-hmm. What a great guy. Oh my gosh! Yes, had, had no idea. John Ford Cole, what a down to earth, just normal kind of guy, enjoying yes. what he does. Yes, yeah, still enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, and I believe he's age seventy two. Wow, you know, keep going. Yeah, he's not stopping anytime no. soon. Still touring. He's too much Dr Pepper back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. That concert, folks, is again at the Family Arena in St Charles on Saturday evening October the 15th at 7 p.m. you can get tickets at Ticketmaster and get more information on who else is playing there that'll be a fun concert we are glad you decided to listen to this episode of St Louis in Tune we know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and we are glad that you have chosen to listen to us St Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 929 FM and Motif Media Group for St Louis in Tune I'm Arnold Stricker